Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Amen. Thank you and welcome to episode 10 of Take It or Leave It. I cannot believe this is the 10th episode. I'm beyond thankful and grateful uh, for what the Lord has allowed in my life. When I started this journey with podcasts, I was nervous and intimidated because I didn't understand how to record, how to edit, how to have a proper outline, what will I say, how will I know uh, that the Lord is pleased with it, and Today, I'm, I'm very proud of the progress that I have made, uh, but it's been a humbling experience overall, just getting out of my comfort zone, and I'm, I'm beginning to see other talents that I have in other ways and avenues that the Lord can use me. So I'm very blessed that I continue to give him all the glory. This is not about glorifying myself, uh, but truly that Jesus gets all the glory, honor, and praise. So what are we talking about today? The title of episode 10 is, Does God Know You? And you might be thinking, what do you mean? Of course God knows me. He knows everything, right? And you're right. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is all-seeing. He is most powerful. But in the Bible, it does share how God says, Away from me, I never knew you. And I want to read that in Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to start in verse 21. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, so this is Jesus talking, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. 22, many will say to me in that day, what day? The last days. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So again, a good example of us being able to call upon the Lord and cast out demons. That's what these people are saying. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And you might find yourself questioning why these people were able to perform miracles in the name of Jesus. And I just want to remind you that the Lord can use anybody. He's very clear here that these people practice lawlessness. They did not obey his word, but there was once a time where the Lord used the donkey to speak. But still, they did not know Jesus because they were not fully obedient and submissive to his word. So though Jesus may know of you, there's a difference between knowing you and him agreeing that you have that deep relationship, that intimate relationship, right? As a reminder, when we read this verse, it's accountability on ourselves. We need to make sure that God knows us. So how do you know if God knows you? Well, one, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, and it's something that's not preached enough, but signs shall follow those who believe. So in Mark 16, and I'll start in verse 17, and it says, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So signs are going to follow those who believe. Also, this is a point that is not made in many congregations today because many are fearful to speak of demons. 
They think it will deter people from the church, and it does, but it shouldn't. Because if you want to overcome the enemy of this world, which is currently being run by the prince of darkness, Satan, he's the prince of this world. We need to know the enemy. Just like football, you study the enemy, right? You study the enemy, you pick out their weak points. We need to understand the enemy so we understand the enemy's tactics so that we can be 10 steps ahead of the enemy. Now, I will by no means be downplaying the tactics of the enemy because his powers are second to God, right? You, you might hear sermons today where the preacher is saying, Satan is stupid. He's not stupid. He's very smart. However, God is greater. Greater is he who is in us. So it's very important that if we agree that we want God to know us, then we must also agree that the demons will know us too. And I want to read about the Jews' attempt to cast out demons and the demons' answer. And this is in the Bible. This is Acts chapter 19. And I'm going to start in verse 11. And it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out to them. So I recently learned that there are congregations that actually have handkerchiefs and this is something that they preach and that they have but the reason why this worked for Paul is because Paul was on the move he was going right now God worked unusual miracles with by the hands of Paul Paul had to leave so Paul wanted them to have something right so he did pray over those things uh you know we should not seek out stones or handkerchiefs or things for healing. We want the miracles worked by God, but because God is good, he allowed this to work. But do not be misled by this. Paul had to leave. So because the people were so hungry for the word of the Lord, for the touch of the Lord, and Paul had to leave, the Lord allowed this to happen where these handkerchiefs were anointed and could continue the miracles. Today, I'm not going to say that that's not possible because it's in the Bible and I know that it is possible, but we need to make sure that our faith is in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone. In verse 13, then some of the Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Verse 13 then some of the Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord over those who had evil spirits. These Jews, they were high up in the church. So I just want to point that out. Saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sevka, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. Verse 15, pay close attention. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you verse 16 then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them right so the man who had the indwelling of the evil spirit he was possessed he jumped on these men who were trying to exercise the spirit out of them the man overpowered the exorcists right they overpowered the jews and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Could you imagine? That is so embarrassing. They were made a fool of. 
Verse 17, this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and the fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver, which is a lot. Verse 20, so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So though this encounter is, um, you know, something that is not usually talked about in the church, it magnified the Lord Jesus. It glorified him, right? Because many saw that this was real. They saw it with their eyes. They heard it from credible sources. And they who practice magic, right? Sorcery, which is a fruit of the flesh. We have also talked about that here. They brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. So the point of this is not to marvel that the demons can answer you. Of course, they can answer you. You know, they've taken a human form in this case. They have control. They need to have that form in order to communicate with us. The point is to realize that demons watch us closely and they knew Paul because of Paul's works. We've talked about works before on this podcast. What is a work? It is a fruit for the Lord, right? A work could be a, it's, it's a disciple that you're creating, right? What are you doing to make disciples? What are your works? And Paul was a man of God. He was the most high. If you remember uh, in Acts chapter 16 in a previous podcast, we were talking about the, uh, the lady who had the spirit of divination. She was a fortune teller and she was telling the truth, screaming, these are the most high servants of, of the mighty God. And it was true. It really was true. And even that evil spirit was using the truth to bring herself more profit and wealth for her masters but again the demons knew the demons knew so paul was a man of god and it was evident by how he witnessed to others and performed miracles with the power of the holy spirit in jesus mighty name he was crucified with christ and the demons didn't know his heart or mind right god knows your heart and your mind but the demons do not they cannot but they saw how Paul moved in the Holy Spirit calling to serve Jesus wholeheartedly. So again, demons are watching too. And it's also important to note that Jews are very religious. The Jews in this story who sought out to, to rebuke and, and cast out these demons, they were very religious. They prayed. They honored the Sabbath. They attended church every Sunday, yet the demons did not know them. The demon answered and did not know them. How much does that say about people today? Who do you know that is actively witnessing to others daily? Daily. Who do you know that is unashamed to approach someone in the grocery store and pray they are healed in the name of Jesus? Whatever answer you're giving my response is, it's not enough. We all have the capability to do this. We all must make up our mind. Signs shall follow those who believe we must be walking in boldness. When we say that God is our rock and our foundation, we must be walking in boldness. It is so much more than just consistently attending church. Because what do you do there? You listen and you sit. There's no works in that. There's no works in that. You must take what you're listening and implement it in your life. Make sure that you're right before the Lord your God so that you are capable and worthy to witness. What do you need to witness? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. And the only way to get that is through repentance. Turning away from sin, a total 180, right? Turn the other way and decide that you're going to live for the Lord.
we must be a friend of God's. And I want to read in Luke 11. Uh, this is a parable. It's uh, a friend comes at midnight. So starting in verse five, it says, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing set before him. So a friend goes to his friend to get something on behalf of a friend that's not a mutual friend. So if you're following there. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So again, if you want to see action from the Lord, you better be a friend of the Lord. So in this case, the person who is asleep in bed is Jesus. You and me are the friend that knocks. And then our friend, who may not know Jesus, is the one that's visited us. When we knock on that door, we want to make sure Jesus is going to get up for us and answer us, right? So we must be persistent. We must be persistent. Continuing on, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So again, we must be a friend of God. We must be a friend of God. So that when we ask, when we seek, when we knock, the Lord will answer for us. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is available for you, but he's not going to invade you. He is a gentleman. He's not going to invade you, but your body, meaning your heart and your mind, must be in a place where he can come in. You must be at that place, that special moment of repentance, true repentance. You must be zealous and repent, the Bible says, right? Not just always, oh, I messed up, I'm sorry. Oh, I messed up, I'm sorry. Be serious. Be serious about wanting to change and repent, and that Holy Spirit will come to you. Be persistent. Be consistent and be a friend of God so he will know you when you knock. So how can I be a friend of Jesus? Do the things he tells you. How do you know what he tells you? It's in the Bible. Get your hands on the Bible. If you know that the Bible exists and it is good, it is a sin for you not to pursue it. Read it and meditate on it and allow it to influence your life and change you. Even Mary confirms this in John 2 verse 5. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That was Mary said, whatever Jesus says, do it. So if you are praying to Mary today, don't. Pray to Jesus. Mary cannot help you. Mary cannot help you. She would be weeping to know that so many people are falsely reaching out to her, praying it is a wrong effort and Jesus is not happy with that because Mary even said whatever he says to you do it and Jesus commands us to pray and he's very clear that none of us will get to the father except through him we must pray to Jesus why because he said it and whatever he says I'm going to do it also 
How can I be a friend of Jesus? Your works determine who you serve and who your father is. We want Jesus to be our father, right? And in John chapter 8, I'll start in verse 37. It says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. This is Jesus talking. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Makes perfect sense, right? You know, my dad's name is Robert. If I, if Robert is my father, I'll do the works of Robert, right? And it's a good thing, right? If Robert serves Jesus Christ with his whole heart, and then I also do, that makes sense, right? But Jesus is very clear here. Abraham's works said that Jesus was his father. He honored God. So if he is your father, then you will do what your father taught you and you would do the works of Abraham. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Verse 43, Why do you not understand my speech? God said that. Why do you not understand my speech? We say that all the time, and we often come off rude, right? Why, why can't you understand what I'm saying? Jesus said that to people, right? He was very to the point. And it's not rude. But he literally was like, why aren't you understanding what I'm saying? He's being so clear. Because you are not able to listen to my word. There, he answers himself. Asking the people, why don't you understand me? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You don't understand because you don't listen. He just told them. Verse 44, pay close attention here. Uh, you are of your father, the devil. Jesus said this. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. So again, previous podcast, we've talked about uh, the truth about lying and flattery and just more confirmation here that the devil is the father of lies. When we lie, we speak the devil's language. We're one of a kind when we lie right? Verse 45, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Verse 46, which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Very clear there. But Jesus did not back down. He was very to the point, you are a father of the devil. Because again, our works are going to tell us who our father is, the things that we do, our actions, the words that we say, even outside of the church, right? This isn't about being one person in the church and then back to normal life outside of the church. We want to be consistent, consistently serving God. Like I said earlier, persistent and consistent. You know, I had a person tell me that I was very judgmental recently. It was a friend. Because when she commented on my marriage being strong and healthy, I give credit to the Lord. And what I had said was, thanks for saying that. 
you know, I read the Bible and the wife should submit to the husband and the husband is to love his wife. And I try to maintain that daily. And I believe the Lord blesses us. And then several months later, honestly, a year later, she mentioned that I shouldn't tell her how to live her life. Who am I to do so? And she mentioned that I should have known that she supports women's rights. So because I gave credit to the Lord and I reiterated his word and what I allow to influence my life, and because that verse happened to be wives submit to your husbands, she immediately saw that the woman should be under the husband, which is biblical. But because she's an advocate for women's rights and abortion, she thought I was pointing a finger at her and she took that as an offense. And if you ask me, I'm glad because she heard me. She will always remember what I said. And the kingdom of God came upon her that day because I said the truth. I said the truth. It was better for me to shut my mouth in this moment that she said this because instead of wasting my words on her, I could have said a lot, but I just let her talk. And she kept sharing about all these other people in her life who are religious. And that was the problem she has, a lack of understanding of God. God hates religion because it consists of hard hearts and fake praise. You don't do things out of routine to serve God. That's not out of love. Religion is a path to hell. Religion is a path to hell. So I don't strive to be religious. I strive to be a follower of Jesus. But a true relationship with God, right? When God is a friend, that's a lifestyle. It's natural when you have the Holy Spirit. And it's still challenging, right? When we serve God, it doesn't mean we don't have challenges. But when you have experienced the Holy Spirit once, you bury religion. You bury it. It's dead. And I speak that from experience. So I encourage you today, don't be religious. Be sown out to Christ so that one day when you are equipped with the Holy Spirit, making you bold enough and wise enough to step in and cast out demons in Jesus' name, the demons will run so fast they won't even bother chatting. Because they're going to know you. If you want to be sure that God knows you, the demons will know you too. What are you doing today to be consistent in the teachings of Jesus? Have you stepped out of your comfort zone so God can mold you to his liking? Are you ready to forget about what others will think of you? And yes, like in the example that I just gave, it means losing friends sometimes. It doesn't make sense that everyone will accept you when you are promoting Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. But are you ready to forget about what other people will think of you if you were to become serious in the Lord? We must all make up our minds and we must all hold ourselves accountable to the word of God and the works. We are accountable for our works. So I leave you with this. Who is your father? This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.